Thanks for downloading a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We need your financial support to keep going. Go to www.3cr.org.au for more information and to donate online. Now stay tuned for your 3CR podcast. For people with disabilities all around the world to have their say and be able to stand up for their rights and and also should be given a try at new skills and knowledge and we're all out there and we've got abilities to do things in the room. All we need is people to take off their horse classes and see us. Hi, this is Gary. You're listening to 3CR and we're celebrating International Day Disability. Australia has to do better for Aboriginal people with disabilities. Australia has to do better for women with disabilities. Australia must close institutions that are still open and people in sheltered workshops. Uh, well, look, we are having a broad discussion about characters with a disability in literature and the importance of authenticity. Writers with a disability writing their own stories. But before I get into that, I want to talk to somebody who reads. Good morning, Leah. Good morning, Jan. Now, Leah Van Poppel, she is the CEO of Blind Citizens Australia. But you're a reader also, aren't you? I am a reader. And Jen, um, it, it's funny we should be talking this morning. I'm sitting in the Wheeler Centre surrounded by books I can't read because they're in print. Um, I read by um, using large print on electronic devices these days. So through a Kindle on my iPad, I make the print as large as I like and I can change the contrast. And some people who are blind or vision impaired use Braille or will use audio to read. Does that, is it then sort of as an area of censorship, like you can only read the books that are put into Braille? Um, I think for a long time that, that may have been, you know, an issue for people, but to get material transcribed um, into Braille, often what you have had to do previously is go to um, is go to a service provider like um, A Vision Australia and they um, will do that for you. I'm not sure whether or not there have ever actually been any rules around censorship, but certainly um, I would imagine that if you wanted to read something that was a bit risque or if you wanted to just pick up a copy of something very controversial like Mein Camp in Braille, um, you know, you might feel uncomfortable about even making that approach. Um, but these days, now that we have electronic um, access to to both audiobooks through Audible, which lots of people use and not just those of us with disabilities, um, and through um, Kindle and other e-reading apps, it means that we've got a whole spectrum of um, access to information and it also means that we critically have our privacy about what we read. Fascinating. Now, Leah, so you've got this choice of books about what you want to read, what you can read, but we... I'm just wondering, what type of books do you prefer to read? 
I will read pretty much anything, but my preferences, um, you know, are things like science fiction and fantasy. I also love to read, you know, now that I can read newspapers online, I'll do that. Um, for years, of course, I couldn't access them. Um, I love to read, um, you know, essays and political opinion. Um, I'd love to be able to read comics, but that's still a bit difficult with <laughs> my graphics. vision. Yeah. Now, uh, look... Being today the uh, Day of Disability Day, what I'd like to now talk about is disabled characters in books. Um, I've, you know, I was sort of thinking about this, and I'm thinking, well, quite often we come across, well, like blindness, uh, there was always the life story of Helen Keller, and mm. then. There's these. Well, the, the, one of the first books I ever read was "I Can Jump Puddles" by yes, Alan Marshall, and so we, we we get some of these books about physical blindness, and often it's it's um, look at it as a character overcoming odds, mm. or sometimes yes. Well, have you? Is this t your type of reading? Yeah. Uh, look, Helen Keller's an interesting one. I'm actually both. I'm deafblind, which means in my case that I have a vision and a hearing impairment. Um, and Helen Keller is often put forward as the deafblind, you know, person that the one deafblind person that has ever been. Um, so um, for starters, I think that shows a, a lack of diversity in the stories of people with disabilities that are out there. Um, and for seconds, what's interesting about Helen Keller's story is that very often it focuses on, you know, how she came to be able to communicate and um, if it if it goes beyond that it talks about the inspirational um, things that she said and did during her life but very often the narrative around Helen Keller actually ignores the fact that she was um, very involved in the union movement she was very involved in trying to fight for workers rights she was really politically active and many of the um, pieces of work about Helen Keller and many of the stories about her ignore that. So it's like she has agency as a person with disability to learn but not to be an active political participant. Like don't you know, only look at my disability, don't look at, at my abilities. Mm, very much. Oh, interesting. Well, now, look, quite often, and I looked up on Google and it often gave lists, people have made lists of disabled characters in fiction. Mm. And I was looking down this list and I found that most of them had books that were either YA, young adult, or yeah. fantasy or science fiction. Yep. And that draws us into your area. Because yes. I don't know much about science fiction. It's not one of my big reading areas. So mm -hmm. tell us a bit, a bit about disabled people in science fiction? Are they shown just for their disability or are they shown for their ability? Yeah. Well, first of all, um, I think it's a good point to make that, that really people with disabilities are often shunted into a few different genres. I read a lot of literary fiction and it's rare to come across a person with a disability there. Um, and even when you get into the genres where they tend to be um, a bit more present, like science fiction and fantasy, um, I would argue that they fall into a few different categories. So um, you have the people with disabilities who are the evil masterminds or the, 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 the kind of shady characters, and um, you could talk about um, 
Tyrion Lannister from Game of Thrones, if you wanted an example of that. Um, or you have people who are, um, you know, um, who are special because they have abilities that everybody else doesn't have. And that's sort of another way of overcompensating for disability and, and highlighting it in the process. Oh. So you might talk about, um, you know, there are books where there are blind empress and um, that sort of thing. Um, and a lot of it, too, is focused on, A, men. So a lot of the, the majority of, of your evil masterminds in books are men anyway. Mm. Um, and then when you start talking about disabled evil masterminds, of course, they're men, too. Um, B, um, the very, the disability is not incidental. And C, um, I think the fact that um, you have people with disabilities in these books and they're not... Um, they're not talked about or shown just as every day is really, really, um, it's, it's, you know, it's an indictment on the way that our our authors talk about disability. And they're very rarely um, characters that are written by people with disabilities for other people with disabilities. Do you, so this whole empathy thing is, well, not, don't tell my story, live my story. Is that what you meant to... Yeah, yeah, well, don't, yeah, certainly. Um, and I think because we have, going back to what we were saying about some of the autobiographical stuff out there around disability, um, because we have so few stories out there about the real lived experience of people with disabilities, and because people with disabilities are so hidden away still in many areas of society, we then find that um, it's much harder for authors who don't have a disability to kind of do disability well, I think. Um, it's, you know, hard to, to do that kind of research and to be genuine about it if you don't have a lot of stories out there to refer to. Mm. I'm just quoting a, um, a kid literati here, Kayla Whaley. For an able person to read about a character with a disability shouldn't be any more scary than um, reading about a blonde, reading about a redhead and I thought, well, that's that's yeah, I can understand that. You know, we should just they should just be part and parcel in our books, in our stories, and mm. just not talking about the disability, but maybe just the um, you know what they are doing, what about themselves? Yeah, that's very true. And I think um, you know, it's the fact that we don't do that speaks a little bit to um, you know where society is as a whole. I mean, books can can shift our perceptions. And it's important that they're able to do that. Um, but they also reflect our perceptions at any given point in time in society, I think. And, you know, I I personally would say I have experiences where people think I'm extraordinary or think I'm incapable because of my disability, when really most of the time most of us would want to be able to just go along with our lives and not be, be told um, someone's really proud of us, for instance, because we have a job. Or someone doesn't think we can we can work out where we are because we have a disability. You know, there's there is a real desire among people with disabilities to just be seen as people. <laughs> Another quote: "There should never be a negative portrayal of characters with a disability, as they are fully human and their experience of life is as complete as everyone else's." Mm. And I thought, yeah. Well, I, I think. Sorry. I think that's that's a trickier one. 
Um, because when you you talk about not portraying people negatively, um, I think um, it, it's always fraught because sometimes people with disabilities um, are born with their disabilities and they're, they're really pretty happy with the way their lives are. And some people with disabilities have a different experience. They come from being able-bodied. They come from knowing something different and then having to really adapt to disability. And that doesn't mean they can't get to a point of being proud of who they are and, and being accepting of their disability, but that's not always the case. Um, so I think it is a, it's a really tricky area. And I think a lot of people would desire... Um, not t- touching on that negativity because we are in a place where it's so hard for people who acquire a disability to to come to an acceptance and to, to get over the barriers that, that they then have to suddenly face. Well, Liv and uh, Pobble, it's been really interesting to chat with you as another reader, <laughs> a reader in a genre that I'm not that sure about. <laughs> so thank you very much for chatting with us on 3CR. Hi, this is Tanya, and you're listening to 3CR Radio. Happy International Day of People with Disability, and keep smiling. I went for a jog in the city air. I met a woman in a wheelchair, said, I'm sorry to see your handicap. She says, what makes you think a thing like that? I really don't like this concept of teaching people to see the person and not the disability. So why can't people see a person with a disability? and not freak out or not feel uncomfortable. You know, it's like that weird backhanded compliment that we get when people say, you know, oh, I don't think of you as disabled because you're my friend or you're really cool or because you're just like me. And can we not be all of those things? Can we not be cool and likeable and people's friends but not also be proud of our disabilities? I kind of hope that we can. You out there are listening to CCRAM. So we moseyed on over there, but the only way in was up a flight of stairs. Now I'm chatting with um, an author that if you listen to this program, you would have heard a few times. Good morning, Honey Brown. Good morning. Right, well, Honey Brown has been on this program, as I say, a number of times with all her psychological thrillers. I think there's about five of them, isn't there? There's five, yes. And the last one's Saucia, so six oh, counting that one. Right. And then Honey Brown had a real change of genre when she went into short stories about sex. Yes. And that was called Six Degrees. And look, I still have, um, I've, I've got a lot of friends who have laughed at that book and thoroughly enjoyed it. Oh, great. That's really cool to hear. <laughs> now, uh, books. Generally, well, look, I'm speaking with you and I know I've read basically every one of your books and I don't think you've got any characters with disability. Is that correct? It's true. And I've just finished listening to Leah and I have to say how wonderful it was. Um, just, Just loved all the topics you touched on. Really close to my heart because... Um, that last thing she said about there's so many different types of disabled people and we come from it from so it's all these different ways and for me I acquired my injury so I have a spinal injury and it feels very much like an injury to me Um, so I think that really sort of leads into why I actually haven't got a lot of disabled characters in my stories as yet like that might come but as yet I haven't for some for some really sort of um 
I guess, sort of really emotional, really base reasons. Um, yeah, well, on radio, nobody sees your wheelchair, do they? <laughs> well, that's right. And, yeah, so in, in respect to that, um, I think a lot of riders, and we have to look at it two different ways. Like when we talk about disabled riders, sometimes when you're a creative person, we're coming at writing from a really different way. It's, you know, it's, it's within us. It's a real cr- creative urge. It's our passion. So for me, when I started writing, it wasn't about me wanting to sort of push any sort of disabled um, agenda um, at all. It was really just about finding myself because it was so soon after my accident, which was in 2000, and it was a, it, it, it was a farmyard accident for the listeners. Um, so I think it's really interesting that there's, when we talk about creative um, writers with a disability... Um, that we don't box them and say, you know what, they really should write disabled characters because, you know, they're disabled. Um, so often is the case that creativity is something that's um, a really something within us that's not touched actually by that disability. Like it's it's quite um, it's quite pure. And I found that after my accident, I went to my creativity to really heal. So I think it's really natural that I wouldn't then turn around and write, you know, all about disability because, you know, I was in a sense saying that disability doesn't define me. You know, here I am, like I was looking for myself. But having said that, I think in the future, once you heal and become a stronger person, you can actually put those disabled characters throughout your stories. But in a really, like Leah was saying, in a really sort of matter-of-fact, everyday way, because um, you know you know don't necessarily want to dwell on that because it's such a hardship. Does that does that make any sense? It look it it does because um, I've done a little bit of reading about this and looking at some of the characters, some of the characters in fiction, and I'm I suppose I'm thinking of um, Captain Ahab from Moby Dick. Yes, I yeah, I thought of that one. I had that one jotted down. Yeah, well, he if he didn't have the disability, he wouldn't have wanted to go and kill that whale. Well, I mean, I love that example because... So a whale was the reason for his disability and he lost lost a leg. Well, a cow, um, as, you know, undramatic as that sounds, was the reason for my disability. So on on a farm, I was charged by a cow. And I can tell you that I didn't go on some sort of mad, wild hunt for the cow. And, and, you know, but I think that's really true of, like, we're talking about stories and, and drama. So, of course, you know, in Moby Dick, you know, there's the drama. But in real life, like, as if I had some sort of vendetta against the cow. Like, well, I was I'm, quite I'm going happy to have for the to start thinking, I'm going to have to start thinking about your books now and see whether you've ever done the dirty on a cow. I, I promise you I never have. But people... But, I mean, it is a really natural thing for people to say, oh, did you, did you hate that cow? Was that cow put down? Um, and I have to sort of blink and think, oh, what did happen to that cow? I don't think anything happened. I, don't, I didn't really have any anger towards the animal. <laughs> so blame can quite often be a plot line in something with a disability. I, what a- I just think, in general, that a lot of boxes come into it. And, um, and I think that's so often what we're just trying to... Creative people are very much like that anyway. We just say, can we please not have any boxes, not have any preconceptions? Can we just open up the field? 
Well, what other books did you have with disabled characters as a thought? Um, well, I actually thought about one um, by um, Anita Shreve, Eden Close, which was about a blind person. And I find this quite interesting because there seems to be a lot of focus on blind people in literature when it comes to characters. And so that's why I love listening to Leah. Um, and, I, and I wonder if that's because we have this preconception, this idea that um, to be blind is very sort of um, closed and shut. It's... we. It, it feels like people really love this idea of there's like a, there's a, a, a corner that's turned and then everything's all right. So we have this idea with blind people that, I don't know, they've somehow got over it and it's, it's sort of quite complete. So we feel like we can go to those characters because um, they're almost like they're safe ground. So there seems to be a lot of blind people and amputees um, mm. in literature. And I think it's for that reason that we always, we can't cope with this sort of open-ended idea. And I think with a spinal injury, it's very open-ended because, I mean, in a sense, the injury never sort of ends and there's no sort of neat little bow tied to the end of it. it you know, there's a lot of pain involved. It's very ongoing. Um, there's not that lovely sort of story arc that we like, that sort of nice little finish. So I don't know that it suits stories, but I think it should. Like, I think, I think we're all grown-ups and I think we can actually hear that people live with hardship and it doesn't have them crying on the floor every day. They just deal with hardship. Um, and I, so I think in literature that's where you need to, we need to sort of spread into that sort of realm. We need to say, you know what, we're all grown-ups. We can all handle hearing about toughness and there doesn't have to be a bow at the end of it. Uh- I went very, I know I'm changing topic a little bit here, but I went to a, um, a session at Wheeler Centre about queer literature and it was the 20th anniversary of a lot of books that were written. Uh, Christos Chalkas Loaded, Dorothy Porter's The Monkey Mask and Holding the Man. And there was sort of, sort of this whole thing about on the panel, the um, screenwriters or sort of author representatives were talking about how they never wrote it as queer literature. It was just what the characters were doing in the story. They wrote the story. Well, that just sounds like proper art. That yeah, and that's lovely, and that's how it should be. And I hope that you in you know once um you know once I'm at the stage because. With my writing, I love anyone that's read any of my books will know that I love sort of the dark and light and people. I'm interested in crime. Like it's those things that really draw me. And when you're a creative person, there's always this sort of questioning element to your work. And if that's there, you're an artist. Like you're, you're questioning, you're asking questions. And in a strange way, my my grandfather actually had a disability because he had a stroke and he ended up quite disabled. And in a strange way, I think I might have been more inclined to write about a disabled character or to write about disability back then before my accident because of that brief sort of touch I had with my grandfather and seeing his struggles. More so now because the questioning element has been is done for me because now I know so personally and so in-depth about disability, there's no longer that sort of questioning uh, motive behind my work, which has to be there if you're an artist. So I think when you talk about those characters where 
those authors where they say their characters took on that, you know, that sort of role, I think that shows that it's, it's proper creativity at work there. And that's why I don't think I've ever forced a disability on any of my characters because that has to come out really naturally and it has to be a really questioning um, aspect to the work or else the creativity isn't there. Right. Well, hopefully that creative creativity surfaces soon. So. I think it will, but I'm really worried that because I'm such a dark writer that my one disabled character will be, I don't know, some sort of psychopath in a chair. Like, uh, So I'm sorry if that's the case because I know we've had lots of that. In the past, there's been too much of that. But that's just like who I am. I'm always after that crime element or whatever. So if ever I think about a disabled character, I'm always like, right, I want a serial killer, but I want this serial killer to be a female and in a wheelchair. <laughs> Well, if you're wondering at that book, you'll have to listen, read, keep, continue to read Honey Brown's books. Honey Brown, thank you so much for being part of our program today. Thank you for having me. It's been terrific. Hi, I'm Des McIntosh. December the 3rd is International Day of, of People with Disability. So don't assume just because a deaf person is deaf, they can't be interviewed on radio. They can. What if you couldn't piss unless I said so? What if you couldn't eat unless I fed you real slow? And what you if know, you... I'm not a fan of what they've replaced cripple with. Special needs? Really? If there's one thing I've learnt being a cripple, it's that special is just a code word for shit. <laughs> special schools? Shit. Special buses? Shit. You're listening to Theresia, 8.55am on International Day of Persons with what well, they call it disabilities. I don't. So do me a favour, babe. Spend your life in my world. Did you recognise the voice halfway through that little ad, or not ad, but inf- information uh, sting? It was Stella Young. Oh, she was a wonderful, wonderful woman who died too much, much too young. Oh, <laughs> yes, but just last year, I think. She was a mentor for a writability group. And this is something for you. If, if, if you've got a disability and you really do want to write, not about it, but about generally, you can be trained to bring up your creative juices as Honey Brown was talking about because writability began in 2012 as a pilot partnership with Arts Access Victoria and this writability group encompassed access support, mentoring and manuscript assessments for aspiring and emergency emerging writers with a disability. Tutors and Guest speakers have included Stella Young, as we heard of, Kate Richards. Now, Kate wrote a fabulous book called Madness, a Memoir, which has gone on to be necessary reading for anybody who wants to do medi- uh, become a GP. Carly Findlay, who writes blogs, Andy Jackson, a poet, and Sandy Jeffs. Look, this writability group um, has really grown and it's, it's doing stuff with um, literary journals and a lot to be really part of. So um, writability, have a look around for it. It's, 
they have courses and it's it's really something to consider. Now, as I said before, there were a lot of uh, things that you could Google and get lists of books with disabilities. So if that's what you'd like to do, what we often find is um, you have to read to be able to write. So start reading these books, start finding out how other people are writing about them and then maybe, hopefully, we'll have you in here with your book. So this has been Jan Goldsmith talking today on uh, Disability Day, International Disability Day today. First of all, I spoke with Leah Van Poppel, who was CEO of Blind Citizens Australia, and then Honey Brown, an author of many books, Red Queen, After the Darkness, Good Daughter, Through the Cracks, and then this real change of genre one, Six Degrees. And once again, I've been talking about writability and your ability as a writer to put it in word.